Hey, sustainable fashion supporter. Welcome to Recloseted Radio, a podcast dedicated to fashion sustainability and equipping you with the knowledge to do better in the world. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and I promise to support you on this journey to right the harmful fashion industry. You ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm joined by Kaya Dory, who's the founder and creator of the rad Vancouver-based brand called Novel Supply Co. I know Kaya and Novel Supply Co. quite well because we actually work together. I consulted for her to help her scale her brand. So believe me when I say that we are in for a real treat today because Kaya is super knowledgeable and I'm sure you will learn so much from her. Thank you for coming on to our podcast, Kaya, and welcome. Thanks for having me. To start off with, can you walk us through your background and how you got started in fashion? Yeah, I guess I took the, the long route around, I would say. I went to school for tourism management, so com- completely unrelated to what I'm doing now. But during that program, I did a couple of courses in sustainability, and that's kind of what piqued my interest in that field. So I decided to go back for a little bit more schooling for uh, sustainable business leadership at BCIT. And there is where I did a project on textiles waste. And this is what really shifted me in the direction of the fashion industry. I had worked a lot in retail. I had done, you know, 10, over 10 years in retail. So I was also a consumer myself, so I was having all of these kind of epiphanies of how much waste there is from the apparel industry and how polluting it is and how I just wanted to come up with a solution. So that's kind of how it all began. Wow, thanks for sharing. And what prompted you to start Novel Supply Co.? Did it just organically happen or did you have an aha moment? If you can share, that would be great. It actually really organically happened, I would say. I was looking for a company that I could work for because I never in my right mind thought, oh, like starting a company is a good idea. I really wanted to just work for a brand and a company that aligned with my values and my style and I just I couldn't find a company that did both I found a lot of companies that were kind of doing things in sustainability but I would probably never wear their clothes and then vice versa there's a lot of cool up-and-coming brands that I was like these are really cool brands but they just don't give a shit about sustainability in any way so that's kind of what led me to start my own company and I didn't do it alone. I, I did a, another online course called Factory 45, and that basically walked me through the steps of sourcing um, fabrics and finding all the little pieces that you need along the way, like a pattern maker, manufacturer, you need to make samples, all of those things, um, and launch via Kickstarter. And Factory 45 kind of walked me through those whole steps. So I wouldn't be able to do it if I hadn't done that program. Wow, it sounds like that program was really able to help you, which is awesome. And how long have you been doing this for? How long have you been running Novel Supply Co.? That was in 2015. 
And then uh, there was like kind of a hiatus. I, I had another job that ha- just happened and I ended up doing that for about nine months. And then after that, I realized like, no, novel is like what I want to do. And that is really kind of when I decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. And how did you come up with the name Novel Supply Co? I think it's such an awesome name. I, at the time, I was like, what I was doing and what I was thinking of doing was a pretty novel idea. And so that's how I got novel. And I added Supply Co on the end because, not because it was like trendy or that that was what people were doing at the time. I really wanted to become a brand that carried all sustainable products and not just apparel. And so that's why I wanted to kind of not pigeonhole myself into just apparel. Yeah, I love your brand name. And how would you describe the Novel Supply Co brand aesthetic and look and feel? I would describe my brand as sort of the urban adventure. A lot of my photography is done in nature. Some of it is done in the city because this is where I grew up, Vancouver. North Vancouver is my home. And that's what I think is missing in a lot of these like sustainable brands is that like that mixture between the outdoorsy and the city life because that's like where we live. And I wanted to appeal to both the people who are like the weekend warriors who go away camping on the weekend but aren't going on like 10-day <laughs> treks and things like that and who want to look stylish and kind of like urban street style as well. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm probably your target consumer because I'm definitely an adventurer. I love to be outside and hike and I live on the West Coast. So yeah, I think you've done a bang-up job because I love your brand and your aesthetic. And I know that you have big plans for the brand, so I would love for you to share your vision or long-term goals for Novel Supply Co. I really want to become this brand that people know they can trust. They know they can go to me for sustainable products and products that are going to help them in a more conscious lifestyle. I've been working on a few new products and getting in some, you know, some cool mugs, working on getting some organic toques made, and that has been like one of my biggest challenges ever. So be really excited for when those actually arrive. I really want to sort of design a few new styles. It's just pretty challenging with apparel. Like I never thought how much actual funds you need up front to like design just one more new style so that's something that I definitely see in my future and I'm really working towards is carrying more of like a collection and also other products that will support. That's awesome and on that note I was hoping that you could share your manufacturing practices or processes because I think it's really interesting to see how you do it because you are a sustainable brand. (sighs) yeah you're like do you have two hours (laughs) yeah basically it is it's really challenging for a sustainable brand for me because I didn't start a clothing line just because I wanted to start a clothing line I started a clothing line because there's a lack of sustainable clothing that's cool I'm really led by my values and it definitely it stunts me a lot along the way a lot I'm looking at you know 
what's the most sustainable fabric that I can find? Where can I get it? Can I get it closer to Canada, which is not really a thing, like most fabric still is in China and other countries. So then you're dealing with that importing and trying to figure out, okay, like what's the most sustainable way to import it? And it's usually like ocean freight is like the most sustainable, unfortunately, even though that's not like still not super sustainable, it is the most. Thinking about that and then that increases kind of your lead time for material because it takes a lot longer than like air freight, for example. And then figuring out all the different pieces in the design, you know, like all your notions, like your threads, if you have any sort of additional things like zippers or Velcro or anything like that, trying to figure out the most sustainable way. And that is basically why I ended up with three styles and not five, because I really wanted to do a zip up hoodie and there just isn't a sustainable way to do a zipper. In the future, I might do a zipper and just have basically like for my take back program, when I take back the apparel at the end of its life, just remove the zipper and like reuse it for something else. That's the most sustainable way I can see it happening at this point. And yeah, and just figuring out design wise, um, how to create the least amount of waste. So usually it's like mostly computerized when they make the pattern. Because I don't have a technical design background, I generally think of it in my head and then I find styles that are like really similar and I go to my pattern maker and I say, okay, this is what I want. Can you make it two inches shorter or longer? Can you make it a slimmer fit? And that kind of thing. And I work with my pattern maker to design the pattern. And then once the pattern's designed, then I take it to my manufacturer and we make a sample. Then there's like a fit sash, so we get in some models and try it on and make sure it drapes properly. And then if there's any adjustments, I'll then take it back to my pattern maker, make those adjustments. It could go back, like back and forth a few times, just depends on how complex the garment is. Luckily, my stuff is pretty simple and standard and my pattern maker and manufacturer know it really well. So now I just go in there and I say, you know, make me 100, make me 300 of these tanks. And it's pretty easy. But I've like along the way improved it. Like the collar used to be a little bit flimsy and then so I changed it to a binded collar. And so now it's a lot more like in the wash. It lasts a lot longer. So I'm just like constantly trying to improve my garments and also just make them more sustainable and last a lot longer. Wow, that's insane. I feel like the average consumer just doesn't realize all of the effort and all of the people that are close touch. So thank you for walking us through that. And I'm curious from beginning to end, how long does this process typically take? Well, my most recent change on the garment was only like six months ago. And so from the beginning to that was two and a half years of just like constantly always thinking, how can I make it better? Another thing, a huge step that I skipped out is shrinkage. When you buy material, especially with natural materials, there's always like shrinkage and you just don't know how the material is going to shrink. You have to do like a shrinkage test, cut it into these squares, measure the length and the width, 
and write on the actual fabric the length and the width and then wash dry and just see how much it shrinks and then you are going to want to either tell your customer this is going to shrink around this much or you're going to have to change the pattern and add additional length to the pattern which i've had to do multiple times and it changes every single time because every batch of material i get is different shrinkage so on that note can you share what materials you use in your garments because i know firsthand from working with you and i think it's amazing so i'd love for you to share with the listeners yeah so i use hemp and organic cotton different blends uh, for my tea and tank really lightweight jersey so 70 percent organic cotton 30 percent hemp and then my crews are a thicker fleece material um, and they're 45 percent organic cotton 55 percent hemp so a little bit more hemp i tried to keep as much hemp in there as possible before it gets too like rough i find hemp on its own is just like really kind of not super comfy it's, it's a little bit granola and so i really wanted to make sure that my products were on top of being really sustainable really really comfortable as well that's why i decided to go with those blends and when you're sourcing materials you have to look at all the different weights and all the different blends and get a bunch of swatches and that's initially kind of before every before you do everything that's kind of what you do and i just decided to go with these two blends because i found them the best and the, the most breathable the most comfortable and most soft and yeah. And just to spell it out for everyone, can you overview why you use hemp and organic cotton from a sustainability perspective? Yeah. Hemp, I through my research in textiles waste and also just in general, I found that hemp is one of the most sustainable fibers. So basically it's around 30% less water used in production. For the majority of the time, it doesn't require pesticides and herbicides, although that is changing now because farmers, it's, it's quite hard to grow things organically and get it certified organic. So pests, you know, pests are around and if they get that farmer's crop, that farmer doesn't survive because that's his livelihood or her livelihood. That's why I chose hemp and it's also biodegradable and it's antimicrobial, they say. There's a lot of different properties about hemp, which is why um, I wanted that to be the main component in my, in my uh, garments. And then when it's blended with organic cotton, that's what makes it so soft and light and breathable. And also organic cotton doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides, so that's a big advantage for me. I don't want my stuff to be harmful to the environment and also to the people that are harvesting those crops. Like the people who are harvesting traditional cotton, they're usually inhaling like tons of fumes and pesticides and it's really terrible for their health. So this is like the best that I can do. From working with you, I know that you genuinely care and you take a lot of consideration before you do something so beyond just the materials in the garments I know that you are also very very careful when it comes to dyeing and also printing on your you know tees tanks and crews so can you talk about that and can you explain to people why you do this because I feel like the average consumer doesn't even know yeah I 
when I was first looking for materials, I really wanted to have an assortment of colors, but every avenue I went down, I could not find um, any dyes that were sustainable. And natural dyeing on a larger scale is just not feasible. It's really expensive. I do still do some small batch natural dyeing now with the garments that are made. Um, I'll do like 10 to 30 at a time. And then that way I can have like a little bit of a range of color, but they're super limited and they're obviously a little bit more expensive because they take a really long time to dye. And in terms of ink, I did so much research. There's so many different articles out there. There's not a lot of research actually on like screen printing inks. I don't think there is a sustainable screen printing ink like at all. I, I think that I found the most sustainable. It doesn't have any PVC, doesn't have any phthalate, which is in a lot of traditional screen printing inks and it's not biodegradable. It's basically plastic on the shirt. And then there's a lot of chemicals involved in cleaning the screens and then they go down the drain. So the ones that I use are eco inks and they can clean off with water. They say they're biodegradable. I'm just like overly, I like to be overly transparent because I don't like to claim things that I don't know for sure. But I did call a company and they said they are biodegradable. So I think that's a pretty good resource. But um, still, there's so much greenwashing and you just never know until you actually take this to a lab and get it tested yourself, which is extremely expensive so I'm doing the best with what resources I have at this moment and I'm I'm just hoping that eventually there'll be like an even more sustainable way to do screen printing and I know that they are doing some stuff and some really cool stuff in India so I'm always keeping my ears open for for new innovations and sometimes they're not even new they're like old traditional ways of dying that like we just need to go back to Yeah, I think it's amazing how much consideration and thought you give to every decision. It really shows and you really do have an amazing sustainable brand. So props to you. And a lot of my listeners now are becoming more educated on ethical manufacturing practices and realizing that some garment workers aren't paid a living wage and work in unethical conditions. So I would love for you to share what your manufacturing practices look like. Yeah, that's another thing is that I I did consider for a really long time where I was going to manufacture. And I always did want to manufacture in Canada, but it is so expensive. And to be making products that, so I make teas, tanks, and crews, and like the threshold for people for what they'll pay for that is like lower than say like a nice tailored jacket or really nice trousers like they're they'll pay people will pay more for that so it's really hard to find this happy medium where I'm where I can manufacture locally and still offer prices that are in the realm of affordable for for you know most people and it's also like a re-education of of people knowing thinking that you know t-shirts cost ten dollars when really like there's all these other additional costs that go into it and if people are going to be paid fair wages of course like their minimum going to be like nine dollars a shirt to manufacture 
And another reason why I decided to do it in Canada is because I can go to the factory. I can like visibly see that people are working in safe working conditions. I can talk to them. Um, we can work through the design process together. And I know that you know they're getting paid fair wages because it, in Canada it's the law here. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know if it's always followed, but mm -hmm. um, for the most part it is like much better than any other country besides maybe the U.S. Just because there's, they actually enforce the laws here in a lot of places like Bangladesh and India and China's getting much better, but there's not a lot of regulation. And even if there is regulation, a lot of people don't follow it. Yeah, good for you. I think it's great that you walk the walk. And I know a few months back, you also launched your Take Back program. So can you explain to the listeners what that is and what spurred you to start it? The main reason I started this clothing line was stemmed out of my textiles waste project. And so to not have a solution for the waste at the end of its life seemed wrong to me. So I developed this Take Back program and it's honestly, it's a work in progress. I will take back garments at the end of their life and try to either upcycle them, downcycle them, or compost them. Just depends on like the the shape of the garment. Like, is it even is it even resellable? Can I is it have a little mark on it? Can I redye it and then resell it? So there's a lot of factors that go along with it, but um, I know that. I don't want to have, I don't want to not take responsibility. Like that's my ultimate goal is that I want to be a brand that is taking responsibility for the waste. And I think that every brand should be responsible for that because if they were, we would live in a very different world and um, they would have to design with the end in mind as opposed to just designing the newest, greatest, cheapest product they can that will sell to the most amount of people. They would really have to second guess like, okay, like I'm gonna have to change the material because at the end of its life, it has to be recyclable or biodegradable and things like that. They would think totally differently and um, I know that I think that they should be responsible, but I, I really think it's going to come down to some, some major policies and decisions from government that are going to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I feel like this fashion issue is so overarching and quite a big and complex problem to tackle. So I'm curious, what do you think that government should do and what role do you think government has in all of this? Well, the thing is, is it's like this sy systemic problem that we have. So we have like the waste aspect of it, but we also have the raw materials extraction. And we also have this fast fashion problem. There's so many problems. And I think how government needs to play a role in like multiple of these stages, really, I think that before they make it illegal to you know throw out all the textiles waste they need to start thinking of solutions on how they're going to deal with all this textiles waste because it's, it is going to come down to the cities that are going to have to deal with this similar to the organic waste program that we have here i think it's going to go in a similar direction but I've really ha struggled to find any sort of good solution for textiles waste because there's so many different materials 
They're all getting blended. They're all getting thrown or donated to this one area. And then like, how are we supposed to know what materials are these? Like, because there is recycling. There's, you know, there's some recycling for 100% polyester, some for 100% cotton. But there's, there's, how are you supposed to know when people have cut out tags? Like, are you going to test each garment? That seems crazy. So I think it's really going to have to be a simultaneous thing where they're thinking of solutions and starting to implement these extended producer responsibility policies and working with brands to figure out solutions. Like it's going to have to be everyone in the room talking and talking about the challenges that are going to come up because there's going to be a lot of them. But um, I really do think it is possible to start figuring out ways to design better and also have solutions for end of life. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And on that note, though, government plays a role, but also everyday consumers. So with that, what do you think everyday consumers should do to help alleviate and tackle this fashion sustainability issue? I had this epiphany um, back in probably 2015, like around when I did this project on textiles waste. And how I did it was I really started to, first of all, minimize what I had because I had things from elementary school, literally. Like I had clothes that were just piling up and I was like, I need to donate these. And that I think is like the first step because it can be really overwhelming to be like, okay, like how do I be more sustainable? I have all these clothes. Obviously the best thing to do is donate them because, you know, even if there's a hole in them or something's wrong with it, as long as you donate it, it will at least not go to the landfill, which is like the worst thing that can happen. So donate it, even if it's ripped or whatever, and then you can start to figure out what your style is. And I think that is like a huge piece of it is like figuring out what you identify with and what you what you like to wear and what you generally will go towards in your wardrobe because when you are unsure of your style that's when you buy unnecessary things and you buy things like that don't maybe don't fit right or are a weird color that don't go with other things and I think that it's super important to figure out And I guess it's called like a capsule wardrobe. Like how can you have a few items that can be really interchangeable and everything goes with everything. And, you know, you're shopping either vintage or you're shopping from local sustainable brands that are really conscious about materials. And anytime I'm buying something new, I really, even if I'm buying thrift, honestly, I really gravitate towards the natural materials. I'll like look at the labels when I'm at the thrift store and if it's linen, if it's denim, if it's obviously denim is like not that great, but Mm -hmm. you know, if you're buying secondhand, it's much better than buying a virgin pair of jeans. Um, And then a lot of the time when I'm, when I buy things, vintage all they won't fit properly and then that's just going to sit in your closet and you're not going to wear it so I will literally go get it tailored to make sure it fits I'll probably invest like $40 into just getting it to fit right and then that's a garment that I will wear like non-stop I've literally bought these jeans and I've worn full holes into like the inseam of the jeans and I've got we've had to like repair them over and over again Anyways, and I just, like, I love the fit of them now, so, and 
that's one thing I would definitely recommend. And also just like keeping a little list of all the brands that you come across that are really sustainable and local when possible and um, are really making an effort to make the right choices. I definitely think that everyone has a role to play. So thank you for giving some tangible and achievable solutions. And for listeners in Vancouver, what are some of your favorite thrift or secondhand shops? Ooh, I really love Hunter and Hare. Mm-hmm. They're really awesome. Obviously, Front and Company is like a, a big one. Um, that one's good. There is another one called like the Wild Rose or something. Oh, okay. It's like, I think it's, it was on Granville Street. I think it moved, but... I'm not sure, but I think it's got Rose in the name okay. um, and Community Thrift, yeah. obviously, and Hey Jude. There's so many, yeah. but, like honestly, there's so many. Whenever I do need something new, I, I try to get it vintage or mm-hmm. from like one of the really cool local brands that I yeah. support too. Yeah, those are some great recommendations. I also recently found Out and About in Gastown, so you can check them out too. They curate kind of a Japanese aesthetic, so it's really cool. On a different note, though, I'm really curious, what sparks creativity for you? Ooh, I think when I'm out in nature, I think that is like a huge one for me, and I don't spend enough time outside I don't think because no one tells you when you start a sustainable clothing brand that you're going to be on your computer most of the time or any business (laughs) or any business (laughs) especially online you're like oh you're just going to be on your computer 24 7 great yeah definitely when I'm out in nature I, I really try to do yoga like as much as I can usually it ends up being like two times or three times a week but I find when I'm like in a calmer state and I'm kind of just let go of like all the stress in my life that's when I'm able to be creative and you know come up with crazy new ideas and sometimes I will literally like wake up in the middle of the night and be like I need to make this print (laughs) and I'll like write it down the things that I do for myself for self-care that's like when I'm able to be creative after that Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm kind of the same way. As soon as I take time to be out in nature or do some yoga and just clear and calm down my mind, I find I'm more creative and ideas come to me. So love that. And I'm curious, in owning a business for the last few years, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned? I would say connection, relationships, relationship building, and networking, like I know that's five things, but no, um, <laughs> but like all in that kind of sphere, I think that we are in a weird time where it's extremely expensive. Like it's you can't have a store. Like and mm-hmm. and I've seen so many little shops go out of business. It's like devastating. I'm like this sucks. Like we need to do something different. Like. It's not going to be the traditional where you start a brand, then you get brick and mortar, then you sell in the store. It's going to be very different and it's going to look different. And I think it's going to require a lot of collaboration between brands. And I've talked to a few other brands 
that are open to potentially sharing a space. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something to be said about brick and mortar being like, it still has a lot of power when people can go into the store and try something on or they're just walking by and they might see a sign that says like local and ethical and they really relate to that so they walk in whereas it's really hard online to like stick out and be like buy this because this is better because online you know people aren't really paying attention they're just like you have like a couple seconds to Mm -hmm. capture them that's why I think there is still a place for brick and mortar. My like ultimate, you asked me this a while ago, but my ultimate vision for the future would be like a hub of, I, I picture it as like, hopefully no one takes this idea or we can work together on it. <laughs> sort of like a shipping container area that is all these shipping containers all together. And you have um, some manufacturer in there you have a take back area where people are donating clothing you have a vintage area where you're selling you have a few spots for um, local sustainable designers it's like there's workshops there there's tours there we're innovating in textile recycling there all of these things like all in this one hub that would be like I don't know if I had a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're describing this and I'm like, this is the futuristic dream. Yeah. How how do we move there? Yeah. I need, I, if there's somebody who has a lot of money and loves to be in sustainability and wants to make this a reality. Hey, Kaya. Hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us both up. Yeah. (laughs) And more of a fun question, but what was it like to work with me? It was so nice to get out of my office and work and talk out loud with you and talk about challenges that I was having and getting your insight because when you're just every day like trying to solve basically what I've realized is that my job is just to solve problems Mm -hmm. every day. And that becomes, you can get really stuck in the work and just down and not really, you know, working on the creative aspect and looking outwards and looking longer term on what your vision is for the future. And I feel like you were able to just like pull me out of that and give me just different insights and really great ideas for like how I could expand my brand and like go to different markets and get to other places do some like cool guerrilla marketing and really just small things that I could fix as well in terms of like social media just tiny little things that you know I just needed somebody to say like this is what you do even though a couple of times I was like okay I know I need to do that but just having somebody to be like this is what you should do and having kind of that accountability really helped a lot and thank you oh yeah and it was just really enjoyable too because you're lovely yeah and i think you're doing such good so it felt good to work with you too and do you have any exciting things that you're working on that you can share with us i know you mentioned tukes but anything else yeah so whatever Um, you can share yeah uh Tukes, everyone knows about because I was I did kind of like an Instagram poll on what mm-hmm. colors, and then I am also working on a few new prints. I just launched a print recently yeah. by Jordan Young. It's like 
the peace sign with all these Vancouver words in the back. And we did three different colors. We did one color per style and we did like super limited runs for this one. So I'll have that. I also just got these upcycled pouches that were handmade in Zappa in Vietnam. Wow. And basically the front of it, I haven't put these online yet because it requires me to take a picture of every single one of them because they're all, each one is different. So it's basically the front is their material, upcycled material from their old clothing, which is still like all natural, naturally dyed, batik, like crazy cool patterns. And then the back is hemp that they've grown in their fields. And then they've dyed it with indigo that they grew in their fields. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. It's like the best thing. And they're perfect kind of uh, purse size or like little makeup pouches, makeup bags. And I'll have those online pretty soon, as well as at some of the local markets that I'm that I have coming up, which I have on my Instagram, so you can follow me at Novel Supply Co. But Cat Solano Days, Car Free Day, uh, Fall for Local are my next three, and then I'm at Refresh and Harmony Arts. They're doing a kind of a collab in August. So another thing I'm working on right now is I am actually doing a collab with Nadine Nevitt, who I have done a collab with in the past, and it was so much fun that we're doing another collab, and she's actually going to be at the Constellation Festival in Squamish um, the weekend of the 26th, July 26th, and so she'll have our collab gear there with her and she'll also be selling her really rad pillows and i'll send her up there with some camp mugs as well so you can find us there if you're going to be at the constellation festival cool the next question was actually going to be how do people follow along and support you so it's just at novel supply co and your website is (laughs) www.novelsupply.com And I'm pretty much at Novel Supply Co. for every handle there is on Pinterest, Twitter, all of that. Awesome. And the last question I have for you is, any last tips or words of advice for the listeners? Yeah, I would say if you can do it with somebody else, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say like sometimes people are like, no, it's better to be on your own because then you make all the decisions and you... Um, don't have that conflict with somebody else. But for me, I don't know, personally, I'm, I'm an extrovert and I realize like how much I need to be around people and need to have that kind of like back and forth, the banter, you know, just figuring things out <laughs> together, trudging through the mud together. I think that is like, ideally, if I could do it with somebody, I, I would have. Yeah, and reach out for help. I feel a lot of the times you just get stuck and you think, I don't know the answer, I'm going to give up. But there's so many resources out there, like your group on Facebook and um, Sustainable Fashion Designers group on Facebook. There's so many places you can go to get that information. And I recently actually started an account on Clarity. So basically I offer my advice and you can book a call with me and it's like two dollars a minute and you can have half an hour call with me or longer and you can have ongoing calls so if you need like specific advice in that area I can also be available for that 
Well, that was it. So thank you so much, Kaya, for coming on. I think you're doing amazing work and you're honestly making the world a better place. So props to you and keep doing you. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> you too. And there you have it. That was today's episode and interview with Kaya Dory, who is the founder and creator of Vancouver-based brand Novel Supply Co. If you want to help us spread fashion sustainability and recruit more members to join our recloseted movement, make sure you leave us a rating and review that really helps us. And take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at recloseted. That helps us spread the word and it's also really cool seeing you guys listen to our episode. I hope you have an amazing week and remember, we are all in this together and together we will write the harmful fashion industry.